Hi, and welcome back to When the Dust Settles. Thanks for coming back, and I'm always really grateful that you guys are interested in my ramblings. Today, Tank is, my dog, is fast asleep in his bed, and he snores. So if you hear a strange noise in the background, it's not me, it is him snoring. I just wanted to put that caveat out there before we got started. So, today... We are stepping away a little bit from the project management and the build side of things and stepping back in to the design side of things. And I thought we would have a chat about the red thread or Roden Troden. have no idea if I'm saying that correctly. I've tried to look it up on Google to see how to pronounce it and it's not being very helpful. So if anyone knows, please tell me. But it basically means to the heart of things. It's the red thread that holds things together, whether that be a talk or a design project, or two lovers, in fact. If you're into your Greek mythology, then the red thread was also something used by Ariadne. She gave it to Theseus when he went in to find the Minotaur in order to win her hand. She gave him red thread so that he could unravel it into the maze and when he had killed the Minotaur, he could follow it back out to her. So that's where some of its roots come from. But in the design world, we use it to achieve a sort of cohesiveness and a consistency to a home when you're designing multiple rooms. So there is something that will either lead your eye through or you will recognise from room to room that sort of holds it all together. To be honest, sometimes you may notice it and sometimes you may not until it's specifically pointed out. But regardless, it gives a background of feeling as though home is very much pulled together and, and each room belongs in that home. A good bit of homework, in fact, is to start trying to pick these things out in images that you see, especially if you can find some images where you can find different pictures of a whole home design and you can exercise your eye picking these repetitive red thread details out. A lot of people talk about it. There's been a lot of blog posts on it. It it is very much one of the sort of fundamentals of bringing everything together. And a room should have a design thread, red thread, just as much as a whole home project. And really, you can use this to make your life a lot easier, especially if you've got a lot of design that you need doing, if you're taking on an entire house. It can often feel like a crazy amount of stuff that you've got to think about and what the red thread brings and is very closely related to as well is repetition and if you've got a design element that you keep bringing back in or is a constant then it's easier to start bouncing things off of that as well because you know you've got something to start with with each space and it's a lot easier to start with something and then edit it and change and add rather than a blank page every time. Repetition is everywhere. It's in nature. Um, You can just look at the mathematics of things to see how repetition 
repeats, <laughs> for want of a better um, way to describe it. And, it. and and we feel comfortable with it as humans. Our eye likes repetition, it likes balance. So the red thread is very closely linked to repetition and in itself is a form of repetition because you are repeating something throughout your home in order to bring it together. But then you can also look at repetition when it comes to your shelving uh, or, or items that you buy. If you buy multiples, they will often go together far better than just random singular items of everything. So whether that's candlesticks or vases or cushion types, I would always say it's good to buy a couple of these sort of extra things. But I'm, I'm going off topic. So what exactly can a red thread be? Well, the answer is it can be anything, really. It can be a colour, it can be a fabric pattern, it can be a fabric type, it can be a texture, or it could even be a shape that repeats often. But let's just initially take probably one of the easiest and say it's going to be a colour. Now, I'll talk about how to find the colour in a minute, but whatever that colour may be, the 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 nice thing about it is that if you use a colour, that colour can translate into then the other pillars or, or types of item, items. So that colour can be taken into an artwork, a pattern, a different fabric, a different finish, um, or even different gradients as well. So it's not also a hard and fast rule of this is my colour, I need to match it and I need three pieces of this colour in every single room. No, that's just going to look very sort of staged and cheap. Yes, you want a red thread to be noticeable, but you also want a certain element of subtlety and richness to it in itself um, in the way it's featured. What you want to create as you group these things together in your eyesight and in a room is almost a sense of discovery. So you notice it first, then you spot it somewhere else, and then you realize something that kind of brings it all together. So it normally does work as a three-part rule, which I'll go into a little later you want a sort of flow of intensity, as it were. So maybe, yes, a hallway, you might paint a chosen colour, but then off in a second room, you might just use, if you're using a colour for your red thread, that is, off in a second room, you might use that colour in your fabric or your upholstery, or you might use it in a rug, or you might use it in a piece of artwork. And that's the repetition when it comes to the red thread, but also on the repetition side of things, I just want to go slightly off script and talk about the repetition that you can create in the rest of the house that I feel is just as important to get an overall scheme and an overall home looking well put together and and, and just grouped, really, sort of part of one whole offering that starts to look more expensive, more considered, and just better overall. You want to choose certain elements that you will repeat through the house anyway. And that's things like hardware, radiators, skirting, coving, 
don't give yourself the headache of starting anew with each of these things in every single room because um, on the one hand you will just give yourself the biggest headache ever on another hand you'll find yourself dealing with loads of suppliers potentially for no reason and also it will just things will just start to look a bit haphazard and the eye does like things that it can recognize from one place to another that sort of brings the home together as a whole that is how you bring it together as a whole now I'm rambling here a little bit I'm conscious of the fact that I'm really rambling I'm trying to get this in a sort of cohesive manner because there's more that I I want to talk about the red thread but I feel that it goes further than a lot of people um in, in how a lot of people talk about it. And, and and when you talk about a red thread, it, it kind of suggests it's just one element. But I think that repetition in a few different elements of your home is key. So the red thread would be the sort of scheme element. So your colours, your finishes, for example, would fall into a red thread. And remember, you can have more than one. I mean, you don't want to go crazy, but and have a sort of uniform for every room but you can have like different red threads in different categories so whether that's color whether it's texture whether it's um surface feel or a type of fabric even you can have a couple in these different kind of header columns but then there's also the main bulk of the home that you choose that you order multiples of throughout the home, like I've just said, rads, hardware, etc. So by hardware, I mean door handles, for example. You don't want different door handles on every one of your doors. You may want a couple of different handles in your kitchen units, for example, and then different in your drawers in your um, bathroom or something. But the door handles in your home, you want them all to look the same. The doors, you want them all to look the same other than like maybe a feature door at the back or some double doors that join a room or something like that. That's where you put that difference. But the the standard doors, you want them all to be the same. The styles of the radiators, you want them all to be the same. The valves on the radiators, you want them all to be the same. And you think, well, obviously, but I have seen when people match valves to different coloured radiators and say you want a different coloured radiator in each room fine but have the style of it the same so get a cast iron radiator and paint it a different color but have a cast iron radiator in each room um and if you're going to change things like that then the best place to do it is floor by floor so for example you'd probably want your more expensive rads on your ground floor in your master bedroom things like that but then in the top floor where maybe you've got a couple of kids bedrooms and your study let's say then make that the floor of the normal radiator. Other things like this are skirting and coving. Ideally, you want the same skirting and coving to go throughout your house. Don't suddenly make a decision to change that in a different room. Again, unless you're doing it floor by floor, the upper floors, they tend to have lower ceilings. Again, I'm talking about generally sort of um, certain periods of houses, but but even so, the upper floors are generally used less. People often spend less money on them. People often put kiddies up there, spare bedrooms, things like that. And maybe you don't need things that are as ornate up there because you're using it less. And um, 
kids don't appreciate really nice coving and skirting. <laughs> Spend that money on something different for them. So you can take that as a floor by floor and you can just take the rooms on the top floor, let's say, or the least used floor and maybe do something different there. But keep then that floor cohesive because if you're going into different rooms and everything is different every single time it just looks a bit weird similarly if you love maximalist design the red thread and repetition is really going to help you because it gives a sense of order so even if you've got an awful lot of stuff if if it feels ordered it doesn't feel like clutter that's a really good way to avoid things feeling and looking like clutter is to just order and group and repeat. In fact, they're your three words to remember if you're loving your maximalist design. So back to the red thread specifically. When you're thinking about it, and if you don't know where to start and you're like, well, oh God, I don't I don't bloody know what I should, you know, pinpoint as this as this thing. For the first thing to remember, as I've already mentioned, is it should be a supporting act. So for example, if you, let's say you've got uh, four main elements in each room, you've got three color elements and to make it simple and one textural element and textural element that could be, um, well, let's say textural pattern. So that could be a wood grain. It could be a boucle fabric. It could be a marble. It could be a certain tile could be a metal brass let's say um of your three colors you want a main color that will mostly dominate um it doesn't have to be the strongest color to dominate it's more in volume and then you've got a middle and then you've got a sort of accent color and i would often go with that if you're going with a color i would take the thread as mid or accent each time and in each room and I would move between mid and accent so like I don't know let's say it's a mustard yellow a mid would be having that mustard yellow featuring in let's say patterns in your upholstery or in your rug or in your curtains that would that sort of volume to me would be a mid and then an accent would be it featuring in a throw cushions accessories artwork which would be obviously much much less of it but it would still be there so I would fluctuate between that in rooms and then if you want to take it into a kind of hero color in one space then you've got your paint color or you've got your wallpaper for example or your probably not your carpet floorboards possibly or a shape you know you could be going with you could love really rounded smooth shapes and you can keep echoing that in furniture and artwork and lighting and the edges of um yeah soft shapes when it comes to soft furnishing I mean (laughs) there's a not much of a conflict in terms there So if you're wondering how to choose and how to start, I would take your main room or the room that you feel most confident about or the room that you're drawn to and inspired about most or area and pick your key colours from that. If you don't even know where to start with colours, then that's sort of a, a different beginning board game, really. You can look at Pinterest. You can look at your wardrobe is a good way. You can look back into the history of the house 
when it was built, what was going on at the time in design. You can think about friends' houses that you've loved. I mean, to be honest, I think the inspiration side of it is a whole different podcast topic. So maybe we'll talk about that another day. So hopefully you're at the point where you've got at least the swirlings of one room going around in your head or or one sort of look that you love. And that's where you can start picking pieces from. And then also remember, it's not, it doesn't just have to be a colour. So maybe you love brass and it's brass that you want to take all through your home from your accessories into your lighting, into your hardware, into the legs on a table. And that's what you take through. Maybe it's a certain fabric. Maybe it's a linen. Maybe you've got a lot of linen and you have it in varying depths of tone and you have it upholstered on your headboard and you have it in your bathroom um your bathroom sorry I'm finding tanks snoring like really distracting in your roman blinds let's say and then sort of throw your bed covers or cushions and you have it in varying degrees of you know a certain color tone and that's what you take through it could be a pattern that repeats and like I say you can choose sort of one element that's a color and another element that's a texture if you have if you like wood and wood grain for example and you're going to stick with a wood that you want to be your thread throughout your home. Say you're doing a lot of built-ins and you want wood in your tail and this, that, the other, then I would choose a dominant wood type slash colour slash stain, however you're however you're doing it. And yeah, you can still have different coloured woods there, but you do want one dominant one and that can act as a thread through your home. So maybe you've got a dining room table, then in another room maybe you've got built-ins or shelving that are natural wood and then maybe that color is repeated again in a desk in a study or chair um things like that so it doesn't have to be a color just bear that in mind shape texture fabric pattern any of these things can be your thread um and then you want to think about where your eye see these sees these items together both in a room and when your viewpoints take in multiple rooms so for example if you're standing in your hallway and you can see into your living room ideally you want three points of reference for your eye if you just have one it's not going to be really noticeable as something that that is repeating throughout and with those visions of sight those eye lines that you get they're quite important places to sort of layer layer this in so for example let's say you have a color that's what you're going to use uh, a mid color that's what you're going to use for your for your thread and let's say it's a an olive green for want of argument a lot of people are loving the olive green at the minute so let's say you have a hallway and you've decided to paint that hallway in an olive green and you can see from that hallway into a living room so you've got one quite large instance of that closest to you being the wall color in the room the space that you're standing in then you want a furthest point 
and that wants to be somewhere further away from you obviously at quite a far point in your eye line so whether that's the curtains the other side of the room into the room that you're looking at and that pattern has the olive green echoed in or maybe a piece of artwork that has that olive green you find a furthest point and then you pick a midpoint from there so whether that is a chair that's in your eye line that has a cushion on it that again picks up the color or maybe you can see the coffee table and on that coffee table you've got um, coffee table books that pick up the colour or a vase or even, you know, flowers is green that we're talking about so that's kind of easy to bring that in that way, a candle or maybe you see it in the rug. So you want far ground, middle ground and close to you and that can work in, in a room as well. When you take the viewpoints when you're sitting in the room and remember when you're surveying a room remember how you're going to be using a room often when people design and think about how they're laying out their rooms they're doing it standing up but how often do you actually stand at one point in a room and take it all in you're often sitting or you know so think about where you are and what you're going to be doing with regards to what view you're going to have and then you can pepper in these moments Actually, another way to get inspiration of what to bring inside is what's outside your window as well, because then you already have the sort of colour or the texture or something as a far point, and then you bring it in. And that's a really nice way of both picking up things in the garden as well, whether that's a chair or a plant or a certain flower when it's in bloom, to echo that within your home too, when you've got it all in your same eye line. It just feels correct. It's hard to describe, really, but I'm sure if you start noticing it, you'll you'll see what I mean. And just do a test, like say, so I've got I've got a blue chair in my garden. If I find that same sort of tone, and I put it on my dining room table, for example, in the form of a candle or in the form of a vase, placemats, you know, whatever, that blue chair will suddenly just be will be picked up so clearly by the eye because your eye likes to find our brains are lazy and our brains like to that's why they like to find repetition and they like to pick out things that repeat because it's easy and and it looks for our brain looks for sort of repetition and patterns as well all the time so our brain really likes this stuff so you know, use that as an excuse when you go into home sense. And also it's quite a good rule to remember actually when you have something like an artwork or a pattern or a rug that you really love a colour, a certain colour in it, or you really want that item to stand out. So if you really want a favourite piece of artwork to stand out and the key colour in it is a, I don't know, ruby red, let's say, you want a couple of ruby red accessories around in your same eyeline at any one point that will really bring that item, the artwork, let's say, to the forefront and make it really noticeable. So it's a way also to guide the eye in the directions that you want it to go. And similarly, in that way, away from the places you don't want it to go. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm jumping all over the place a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm a bit distracted today. 
due to the snoring in the background. And also I sent Sylvie off to nursery today, not not feeling very well. And she really, really didn't want to go. And I'm feeling incredibly guilty the longer I leave her in nursery for. But I really wanted to get this episode out for you guys. So I'm going to go and pick her up straight after this. But so sorry if I'm a bit rambly. My head is a bit of a mush today. I'm sure everyone gets that at some point. But I didn't want to not not put a podcast out for you but I hope that makes sense and if you have any questions or you're unsure or you're like god Lou you rambled through that you were all over the place I want some more information feel free to drop me a line and I will be very very happy to clarify anything or help you with anything and you know where to find me either on my Instagram studio lff or in the Facebook group ain't nobody like a homebody. And if my rambling hasn't put you off and you're still loving the podcast, then it's always really great to get a review or a rating because it just makes all the difference and it makes me smile. Similarly, if you want to know each time podcast comes out and don't want to rely on me reminding you in some way on Instagram or Facebook or wherever or just remembering it, then hit that follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. If anyone is struggling to find their red thread, if you know someone that this podcast could help, please do give it a share and feel free to tag us in as well. We love resharing things when you tag. Again, it makes us really happy and it helps us know that we're going along the right lines. And if you have anything that you'd like um, me to do a podcast about then feel free to let me know and I can answer any questions you may have in future episodes. But for now, I'm off to pick up my Sylvie girl and get her home and sit her on the sofa in front of the control. So I hope everyone else has a great afternoon. I hope you guys aren't feeling as fuzzy as me today. It's the weekend in a couple of days and we all get a bit of a rest. And I'll see you again next week. Bye.